Welcome to the Missing Chapter Podcast, where you will hear some of the least known, obscure, and entertaining stories the history textbooks left out. Starring Phil Horander and Phil Schaff. George Washington, Martha Washington, General Philip Schuyler, Lafayette, Benjamin Rush. What do these people have in common? Well, quite a bit. But the known similarities isn't what our focus is on this podcast. We harness the unknown. And in this episode of The Missing Chapter, we're going to do just that. We're going to look at how these individuals fared during the American Revolution. Some better than others, of course. But one individual is credited by many historians for being the best surgeon, American or British, in the revolution altogether. This man has a great story with incredible ties to our local communities in central New York. Find out more about this unknown historical figure on this episode of The Missing Chatter. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, and welcome back to the Missing Chapter podcast. You're listening to Phil Horner and Phil Schaff. We just sat down to a nice hot coffee provided by Dunkin' Donuts. It's candied almond and it's a dark roast. Phil, you've mentioned that you enjoy dark roast because you actually enjoy the taste of coffee. I really do. The darker, the better. I love espresso beans. I mean, just the whole flavor of coffee, whether it's paired with creamer or not, I'll, listen, I'm fine with it. Good. And, and you know, your intro literally hits home for us. You mentioned that upstate central New York a very um, important area with regards to the American Revolution. We are in a very rich part of the country with regards to the American Revolution um, throughout the Mohawk Valley, uh, close proximity to Saratoga Battlefield. Yep. So you're going to introduce us to someone who played a very prominent role and was really uh, important to our area as well. And, and really, it, it, the the survival of some of the most important American uh, figures in our history uh, was was based around this guy's talent and yeah. his his knowledge. So, and it, it's one of those things where I I've mentioned this name before to a few different people, and no one knows who this guy is. And his local ties to Central New York is is unbelievable. Why don't we know more about this? So, uh, I, I'm loving to highlight this guy. His name is Dr. John Cochran. Not to be confused with Johnny Cochran, which, uh, which when you when you yeah. first introduced this, I was like Johnny Cochran. I'm like OJ Simpson trial. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I mean, is he a significant part of American history? Maybe, <laughs> but not as significant as this guy. Um, this guy, Dr. John Cochran, was born in 1730 to Scotch Irish parents living in Sadsbury, Chester County, Pennsylvania. So very different individual uh, than the Johnny Cochran that we know. So his education, let's go to the early years, began at age 13 at a nearby school in Pennsylvania. Um, in 1755, 1760, serving as a surgeon's assistant uh, for about five years in that time span, assisting uh, during the French and Indian War. Uh, so he's, he's already learning very, very early as a young boy, as, an, as a late teen, what it's like to be a surgeon. Um, and of course, during that French and Indian War, you're going to see incredible wounds, illnesses, 
uh, especially on directly on the battlefield. So he became pretty acquainted with the wealthy Schuyler family, which if you're uh, a central New York historian, that Schuyler name is, is pretty mm-hmm. prominent. Um, when he served with Major Philip Schuyler in New York, and don't forget, Major Philip Schuyler was a general in the Revolution. So Mr. John Cochran, at the age of 34, on December 4th, 1760, he married Gertrude Schuyler, the widowed sister of Philip, who was six years older than he was and the mother of two children. Okay, so here are some local ties. They lived in Albany, New York for a while. Once again, didn't know that. In May 1763, they moved to New Brunswick, New Jersey, where he was an early advocate for improving and regulating the medical profession. So this guy, you could tell just in the few days of, of getting ready for this episode, I, I could tell he was just he has this affinity for uh, medical knowledge. He's incredibly skilled and talented, but he's always on the um, on the go for improving in progress for himself and for the medical field in general. Yeah. And you know what, Phil, I think if you take any war, there are so many unsung heroes, but if you want to talk unsung heroes throughout history and wartime, say medics. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about people who are doing things that would be difficult enough in a sterile hospital, much less directly on the battlefield, like you said. Absolutely. Um, And he helped found the Medical Society of New Jersey, a professional organization for serious doctors. In 19, uh, excuse me, in 1766, he became its president uh, in 1769. So three years after he founded that, he becomes president. So smallpox was a major threat to life, and he became interested in the benefits of, of inoculation and vaccine. In July 1776, he was one of several New Jersey doctors designated to receive old sheets and other old linen to be used to make lint and bandages for dressing and curing the wounds of their soldiers. Mm. So when you talk about um, you know, utilizing whatever you have on the battlefield, this is this is the guy. Yeah. I mean, you're you're. How do you save lives with, with no equipment? And right. you're not in a hospital, like mm-hmm. you said. You're on a battlefield. Um, he volunteered to serve without pay in the hospital department when um, the Continental Army was formed. He helped evacuate patients in the Army Hospital at Trenton, and they went on with 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 them to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And this is where his heroism just begins. Dr. Benjamin Rush, which if you're not a follower of American history, he's a signer of the Declaration of Independence. He joined Washington's army in, army in December of 1776. They were called to Trenton the night of January 1st, and the next day treated the wounded at the Second Battle of Trenton. Washington had stationed his troops on a hill just across a creek at Trenton where it became too dark to keep fighting. So Dr. Rush and Dr. Cochran, along with several young men they were teaching, treated about 20 wounded men at a makeshift hospital in a house near the battlefield. And they slept on straw in the same room with some of the patients. And about at about 4 a.m. on January 3rd, he woke up and mm-hmm. stepped outside the house only to find that the army left. So John Cochran and Benjamin Rush got some wagons, put their patients on them, and set off for Bordentown, uh, expecting the army that had, had retreated in that direction. When they heard gunfire from that direction uh, of Princeton, they realized that Washington had marched all night and surprised the British there. So they headed for Princeton and near the town crossed the battlefield uh, that still was red in many places with human blood. The army medical services were not really well organized at first and a lot of men vied with each other to be in charge. So on April 7th, 1777, the Continental Congress approved a plan for reorganizing the entire medical department of the army. It was under that plan that uh, he became Surgeon General for the medical department on the recommendation of George Washington himself, where he served for three years. So 
incredible feats, voluntary feats, um, you know, heroism to, to say the least. And of course, his work on smallpox inoculations was, was vitally important, especially to Washington, who decreed in January 1777 that all men in the Continental Army would be inoculated to prevent large numbers of deaths. So Washington took note of Cochrane's initiative and talent. And on April 11, 1777, he commissioned him physician and surgeon general of the middle department, uh, at the, which is essentially the, the whole medical, medical department of the military. Mm-hmm. At the White Marsh encampment in 1777, Cochrane used Hope Lodge as his headquarters. And during the winter at Valley Forge, he oversaw smallpox inoculations, among other medical duties. So apart from just him saving people on the battlefield, mm-hmm. he's preventing deaths at the same time. He's appointed Surgeon General of the entire Continental Army in 1780. He was promoted in 1781 to Director General of the Medical Department of the Continental Army, which is the top, top position and served in that office until 83. So during his during his tenure, he had to deal with uh, a lot of problems, as you can imagine, including scarcity of medical supplies, resignations of medical officers being on the battlefield, mostly because of anger about not being paid on time, right. oddly enough, um, apart from just the tragedies that they're seeing in the battlefield. But unlike a lot of his predecessors, even fighting against all those difficulties, he's able to gain respect by the way he acted, uh, with sound judgment, with this tact, with his talent. After the revolution, he moves to New York City, where President George Washington appoints him to be Commissioner of Loans in 1790. Now, after the break, we'll talk about some of those local connections because later he suffers a stroke and he retires. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, everybody. Welcome back from the break. Phil, you kind of left us here with... I mean, not, not a great part of the story that the man unfortunately suffered a stroke, but I'm, I'm curious as to find out where he does retire because he does have this local connection. I mean, he's had an overwhelming reach with regards to his career. Where does he retire? What, what becomes him a, a, after this medical emergency? So we've been talking about this local connection, right? Mm-hmm. So for those of you, uh, you know, we, we, we are a global podcast. Thankfully, we have, you know, 71 different countries that, that listen to us. But I think a, a vast majority of our listeners are local listeners. Mm-hmm. So for those of you that don't know where we are, we are located um, right in central New York between Albany and Syracuse, uh, just a little east of Utica and west of Schenectady in a little town called Canajahari. Well, there's a little subsection of Canajahari. If you go across the bridge, if you go across the barge canal, uh, you will be located in uh, Nelston and Palatine. Palatine Bridge is uh, is just a, a hop, skip, and a jump over the over the river. And Nelston is located, you know, just across the pond from Fort Plain. Well, he retires to Palatine, New York. Really? Yeah, where he died in 1807. But I think his local connection. There's more to this, but his local connection only pales in comparison to how close he was to George Washington. Mm. And I think only. Post-mortem, did we realize how close he actually was? Uh, the Utica Observer Dispatch dis- disclosed some of this information. So I'm going to read right from there. Um, quote, 
where goes General George Washington during the Revolutionary War? So goes Dr. John Cochran. He cares for the general and Martha too, by the way, and is an excellent surgeon called today by some historians, the best surgeon during the war, American or British, which is a very bold statement. So I think that's a, an incredible feat, obviously. But I think his moment in history, though, goes as follows. With Washington and Cochran is, um, is Marquise de, de Lafayette, the 20-year-old Frenchman who has volunteered mm. to join the Americans in their fight uh, for the independence from Great Britain. Now, he's, re he's recuperating from a wound he received during the Battle of Brandywine. So it was actually Dr. Cochran who saved his life. Lafayette was shot in the leg, was bleeding very profusely from what I gather. Uh, and medics couldn't stop the bleeding. So Washington calls on Cochran to, to go to Lafayette and, quote, take care of him as if he were my son, for I love him the same. So Cochran drags Lafayette away from the battleground, if you can imagine this, then stop the bleeding. The next day, Lafayette wrote to his wife in France that an English rifleman had, quote, wounded me slightly in the leg, but it was nothing, for the ball did not touch bone or nerve. Uh, Lafayette would later join Washington in forcing the surrender of the British forces in Yorktown and winning the U.S. its independence. But many years after the war, Cochran and his sons, Walter and James, move, here we are, into the Mohawk Valley right. in upstate New York. Um, they actually move specifically right in the area between St. Johnsville and Palatine, which, which I can gather is maybe around Nelliston. Uh, but in 1807, the doctor dies, as we talked about, and was buried near his home. Now, here's a little interesting part, though. In 1817, 10 years after his death, his son James, <coughs> which, by the way, I want to add this. James also added the letter E to the Cochrane name. So if you look James up, it looks like Cochrane uh, with an E. But um, it's still the same name. Yeah, for whatever reason, he, he added the E to his last name. But in 1817, they, they moved to Utica and they took his father with them. So they, they dig him up, his remains are dug up and reburied in the Potter Cemetery just west of Bag Square in Utica. Now, now Phil, I, I'm yeah. doing a quick Google search because I know as you're talking, I'm like, I, I am familiar with this name. Now, the Cochrane House, uh, which I just pulled up on Google, is just near the, um, sorry here, the, the Palatine Church. Oh, which is okay. a very, very famous kind of iconic symbol in our area. But the, the Cochrane House, Phil, is this beautiful, sprawling white house. I, I totally have seen it so many times driving on uh, Route 5. Yeah. But I never associated with, with, this, with this gentleman. Do you have it pulled up? Let's see. It's, it's black and white, but this is a beautiful white house. It's got the four... Um, Oh, yeah. Fireplace yep. uh, chimneys. And if you were to pan back, it's this sprawling estate. So if you're headed it's, towards St. Johnsville, is, right, that, is that the... It's right before you hit Rapetti's Italian restaurant oh. on your right-hand side. Oh. And it's it's set back off, and it's got this beautiful white fence around the property. It's fantastic. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so it's actually near Fort Clock. Yes, it is. I, Absolutely, I know exactly yes. where. So, it's I went with the Italian restaurant as a reference. You yeah. went as, as the historical. <laughs> yeah. No, they, um, it, it's one of those buildings where you're like, you you would pass by and you'd be like, "That's a fantastic house." Yeah. Like, I mean, who gets to live there? You see horses. When in reality, yeah. yes, it's a horse farm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's got this amazing background to to what you just I laid out for that. us. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, I we pass it all the time. Yep. Well, so the odd part is, I guess the 
they had they must have had an incredible relationship, father son, because he ended up digging up his father's remains and taking them with him. Yeah. Um, oh, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I oh my gosh, I can't believe it's it. gorgeous. I didn't that it's that got was this the huge House. sprawling lawn, and and I I'm, now I'm thinking it must have a marker out in front of it. That's it. That references Cochrane. We'll be. have to post that on our social media. You know what? The next time I drive by it, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna really go creepily slow. Yes. Take some pictures as if I'm paparazzi. You're a realtor. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, that's what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. To finish this up, to close up, here we go. His remains were dug up. They they uh, ship him to. The cemetery in Utica. Now, the, when the cemetery was abandoned in 1875, the doctor's remains and those of his wife Gertrude were moved again to Forest Hill Cemetery off of Oneida Street. So, if you're if you're in Utica, New York, mm-hmm. um, one of the most popular places to it's odd, but one of the most popular places to take pictures is in fact at this Forest Hill Cemetery. It's a very very beautiful. Um, entrance into the cemetery and you have a lot of wedding venues, um, you know, either get married outside of that or take pictures. It's, it's very uh, picturesque there. So a lot of people did that. But if you're in, in Utica, New York, take a short drive down the road from Utica Zoo, stop in to see the historic Forest Hill Cemetery where one of the most famous and most talented surgeon this young country has ever seen. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, I'm Phil Horander. And I'm Phil Schaff. Another chapter has been added to the history textbooks.